What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the complete Sinner's Guide, and I am your host, Tyler Fowler. We have got an awesome show lined up for you tonight. With me, as always, my co-host, Joshua Davison, and we actually got a special guest with us, a brand new face on the Complete Center's Guide, Mr. Garrett Skytema. We're on episode five of our series on practical Christianity, and we're discussing narrative structure. As always, we do have open phones. 1-855-450-6624 is that number to dial, and I want to thank each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart. Josh, what is going on, my friend? How was your week, and how are you doing, brother? Oh man, my week was pretty good. I gotta say, my week was was uh, I would call it a success. Um, and today was really fun, specifically for me, because my my uh, the organization that I work for, the Rescue Mission, mm-hmm. um, actually threw a like company employee appreciation day kind of thing. And nice. for my last two hours at work, I got to go and just go bowling with everybody in the organization Bro. and eat some pizza and drink some diet soda and like, you know, be so extra loud and boisterous like we never are at the office. And it was really, really fun. Um, nice. I really enjoyed that. CEO uh, made sure to have prizes for people in their participation. And so um, there were two people that got the highest score. One, neither of them were me. And that's fine. But, uh, yeah. you know, there was also one for like um, most memorable moments and lowest score and other things like that. It was really it was very fun. And I got a new T-shirt. So right you know, on. I'm pleased. And they also the HR department made sure to go out of their way and uh, bought everybody a, a, a gift card for uh, the the Cinemark movie theaters. And so I get to take my wife. On it. And I'm excited about that. So, you know, I'm just feeling grateful but i'm really excited about tonight's show because this is something that i'm sure you know that i've spent a good deal of time pondering and contemplating so far and our guest tonight is somebody that i uh have actually spent at least what eight eight six eight months something like that talking with maybe, you Garrett? maybe a little north maybe a little north of uh six to eight months but something we're right okay. around there sounds just great. so coming up on a year then yeah so yeah. go go into that, Josh, a little bit. How did you and Garrett uh, get connected? And then after you kind of delve into the story a little bit, I'll let Garrett introduce himself since he's never been on CSG before. But how did you guys connect? Well, what's the story there? Um, well, oddly enough, or not oddly at all, uh, it was uh, it was our friend Joshua Sherman, who's a frequent on CSG also. Yo. And uh, I, I talked to Sherman often enough that, um, you know, we, we had kind of, uh, you know, let's say crossed swords in, in our, our talks with one another about several really complex things. And then um, we started talking about things like icons, um, like imagery, mm-hmm. like different sor- stories of, uh, of uh, patron saints and things like that. And I started getting really interested in uh, story as a means of interpreting reality as well as scripture, um, on top of exegetical truths and things like that, obviously that's still valid, but it's just an interesting, uh, let's say, um, like addition to the practicality of living, uh, is to understand, let's say where you are, uh, in, in the story, you know what I mean? And I say the story because what we're going to be explaining tonight is that, uh, there is a story and that, uh, the misconception that I think a lot of people have when they hear story or they think about my story or your story is that we're all living in disjointed stories, you know, sharing a setting, but not sharing story. And I'm the main character of my own story. You know, it's like, that's simply not true. Uh, And there's a good reason why that's not true. And that's kind of what we're aiming at explaining tonight is how, how helpful and powerful good, good storytelling and the formation of story can actually inform you about you know, your, your own personal habits and practices and how it is Mm -hmm. that you can use that to not only connect with your neighbor and love them better, but also to worship God better. Amen. Amen. And I think that's something that, you know, as the body and just even as individuals, we need to spend more time doing that. We need to spend more time worshiping God and not only that, but fellowshipping with other Christians in participating in that action 
doing those things. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to encourage all of our listeners of CSG, get out, worship God, enjoy God. This is why he made us, to fellowship and to be with him forever, right? And so enjoy God. But Garrett, first time on CSG, brother, for those who don't know you, you introduce yourself, give us a little background, because you and are, I think, you added me. We've been friends on Facebook for a little bit now. And yep. so did we connect about through the same Sherman. time you and Josh did? Through, we did connect through so. Sherman. Absolutely. Yeah. We just haven't talked as much as you and Josh have, um, all, you know, like off air and stuff. But, yeah, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Tragedy. It is. It is. Especially after last <laughs> night's conversation. Oh, man. I, oh, I'm yeah. so I'm looking forward to this. But, yeah, go ahead. Uh, introduce yourself, Garrett. Well, I'm, I'm, I want to say off the bat that I'm, I'm very humbled to be asked. Uh, uh, Tyler, I have great respect for you and how you've managed that. conversations that I've listened to. Josh, obviously, that goes without saying. Um, and so, again, I'm very humbled to be here. I don't have a, an incredible story. I was uh, basically like a militant atheist in college who spent my time trying to get Christians to fold the cards up. And... Uh, let's say I was, uh, I went through a long road, a long humbling road, we can say. And in that place, let's say my life was changed dramatically in about a moment. And okay. I've spent, I've spent about the last decade or so trying to unpack that and trying to understand it. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it was a, it was a moment where I would say it was kind of like, it was kind of like feeling like I saw beauty, like pure beauty. And mm -hmm. it was, you know, it, I wanted to come, right. It, it looked like the right thing. It looked correct. It looked like mm -hmm. the truth. Um, and so it's been the journey I've been on ever since. And, uh, okay. recent, recent investigations led me to run into people. I love, I love Davidson that you said you talked to Sherman kind of crossing swords and, uh, I would. I was reading Sherman's comments, thinking I don't want to cross swords with this guy, but I want to talk to him. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, that's the that's the high level version, we'll say. Uh, and here we are. Right on, brother. Right on. Well, it is an absolute pleasure to have you and to dive into this topic. So, Davis, I'm going to turn this over to you, brother, because, like like you said, you and Garrett, you've been investigating this. A while now. And so go ahead, give our listeners, again, if you have a question, you're listening to this episode right now, you've got a question, one eight five five four five zero six six two four is that number to dial. We do have the experts on about narrative structure tonight. <laughs> and so 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 give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but Josh, go ahead, man. What What is narrative structure? Why is it important to me? And how does this apply? There, there's a lot of questions here, but how does this apply to Christianity? Like, wh what what is this that we're talking about whenever we say narrative structure? Um, well, ultimately, it would be something um, something approximating looking at life as uh, as participating in an ongoing story. Um, and what I mean by that is it's almost it's almost inevitable that the way we look at the world, the way we experience the world, even the way we experience remembering something or planning for the future all happens within the framework of a story. If you remember something, good luck remembering it as anything other than imagery and tell your story. You know, you tell yourself a story about whatever it is you're remembering. That's mm -hmm. the form that it takes when you remember something. Um, and it's. Uh, it's it's almost impossible to think about the future and make a plan for something future tense without telling yourself a story about what you will do uh, and then kind of almost play it out in your head. Like you make an imaginary avatar of yourself up there somewhere and then you let that play out and the ones that don't work out, you simply don't act it out, right? And and yeah. it's, 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 it's so immersive being in a story, right? That we almost don't notice that that's how we're behaving, that's how we're thinking, that's how we're perceiving. That's how we react to things. Um, and um, it's it's kind of the way of uh, thinking about, um, you know, really, it's just about it's about participating in that story. Almost, mm -hmm. The way that, the easiest way to conceive of it is probably to think about God as the grand author of the story and its setting. And he gives us the privilege of being co-authors in time, something like that. Um, and so that's where our participation comes in. 
Um, and and the first thing that that we kind of want to do is give uh, a a framework for for what the story and its significance would be. The first mm-hmm. thing that we were going to talk about is the idea of of being in one place and going to another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 Garrett can expand on this a little bit when you know uh, uh, in his own way. But but I think the easiest way to kind of think about it is, let's say every story is made of a, a a simple kind of framework. I'm at place A, I'd like to get to place B, and yeah. something happens in between that either uh, you know stops me wholesale, uh, interrupts and creates an obstacle that I have to overcome, or helps me along the way that makes the journey easier. But it's the journey that makes up the story, something like that. Um, and and thinking about what it would mean for God to uh, be the author for this is that ultimately He's in the place of jurisdiction to decide what the end goal should be, the place where you're going um, has, has in it um, something like a grand purpose. Um, and, and ultimately, this is like the opposite of nihilism. It's expecting that the world itself is actually really purposeful and very meaningful, and everything you do matters. Um, and so it, it, you know, it bears with it a, a great deal of responsibility, and it can be kind of difficult to think about all at once. Um, but I think it's so worthwhile to be able to uh, really just engage life as though it were on purpose, something like that. So, sure. um, Garrett, how, how would you how would you bring out a little bit more uh, about the idea of going? Um, yeah, what, it's a great when, you, when I say the word going, how does that how does that map out for you? <laughs> well, geez, in a lot of ways, right? I mean, uh, fundamentally, every story. Every story I've ever read, every movie I've ever watched, every all of those are people going places. It's about where you are and where you want to be. And all of life is fundamentally about where you are and where you want to be. And that is a story of going. Um, every story. I, the Lord of the Rings is a great one. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. Not, a, not as big of a fan as some people, but I'm a fan. Uh, right? <laughs> they are going somewhere. They have a very specific mission, and they have that mission for very particular reasons nested within um, what they deem to be valuable. And fundamentally, I think that's I think that is the you know if you want to take a step back and look at life at a high level, I think that is fundamentally the story of life. We are going places, and if you're not going places, you don't feel very good. And psychologically, you could say you you feel a sense of purposelessness to feel like you don't know where you are or you don't know where you're going. It would be mm-hmm. something akin to being in exile or something like that. Your, your map mm-hmm. doesn't fit in this space. In fact, you don't even have a map because you don't know where you're going. And this is disorienting. Mm-hmm. It's can feel like you're drowning. Right. And so having that story that you know where you're going and you know where you are and you know, roughly how to get there it's fundamentally every single aspect of life and every every version of that story because these exist at multiple realities and they scale up and down at every level of reality you can imagine those stories which you choose to participate in say something about the value and how how you seek after it we could say Mm. Let me ask you guys this real quick, not trying to get off subject at all, but you've both said the word, and I want to, and since, uh, Garrett, you were an atheist, you know, recently even, well, no, you said what, about a decade? Yeah. Okay, okay, so, so a while back. So, Josh, you said purpose, and Garrett, you said purposelessness, right? And we've all experienced this feeling of, I don't know where I'm going. I, I, to be honest, I don't know where I'm at. Right. We we've all been there, so to say. Right. But I want to ask you guys this. Do you think there can be purpose in a universe with no God? There can be proximal purpose, like a temporal kind of purpose. I can have a short term goal that I'm not well, like you guys are describing. If 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 I may take a shot at this, I think it's Mm -hmm. I think it's something like. You can participate in all kinds of stories as an atheist. Uh, they do atheists do it every day. I did it as a student. Um, I was going places, right? That I was participating in that story as a student. 
Um, it's something like it's something like perhaps you don't have the proper value hierarchy as you seek out this store and you follow this path. And let's say the 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 journey you desire, right, is one something like infused by the spirit of truth or or love or something like that, because there are stories you can participate in that don't you don't travel that kind of road. And sure. so uh, and not to say that's what atheists do. I don't. I don't think that's true. Uh, atheists are fathers. They're they're sons. They're they're daughters and mothers and and they're leaders, right? Right. So they can participate, but there is an element that's missing. That is that is very important because without the element of what we're going to talk about later, being the image of God, you are let's say placing stories out of order, and if you don't have them nested correctly they run out. Mm. And I think this is really important. There are finite stories and there are infinite stories. And mm. Joshua said it at the beginning, the journey is what matters. Once you get there, the satisfaction feels great. Mm -hmm. But soon you start to forget where you are and where you're going. And if you are going nowhere, and life is fundamentally about going, you begin to feel hopeless and purposelessness. And I... Right. And I, that would be my ultimate concern about um, that version of, 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 or that side of the house, let's say, right? Is you can ground that purpose in the stories you live in. So uh, I am mm -hmm. a father, we're fathers. There is a, a heavy sense of purpose in being a father. Walking yeah. that road from where we are with our kids to where we want to be with our kids and what we want them to be. And that is a story fundamentally of not just us going, but us going and taking our kids with us and that. And the participation along that journey will transform both of us. So sure. I think that's true. But again, there's a there's an orienting principle that that you could say for the map you're using to make this journey. And yeah. that orienting principle is uh, you know, something like the ground of truth, right? So right, right. Yeah. Not having it leads to challenges. Absolutely. I think it's the probably something like knowing that there is a highest good. So that you have something to aim. There has to be something above you in order to progress. Um, you can't right. be the height of, of all creation. You can't like, obviously I'm not self-sufficient. I didn't birth myself. And one day I'm going to die and the world's going to keep spinning. So I'm not the main character of the story, right? right? If that's the case, then there has to be something beyond myself that can inform me of where it is that we're supposed to be going. Ultimately, that is the purpose of the story is to find out where the goal is so that you can have the highest possible aim, so that you can have a proper, uh, let's say, um, like if you want to think about it as a ladder, like the thing that's at the top of the ladder is the place where you ultimately want to be. And if the thing that's at the top of the ladder is, let's say, money, then mm -hmm. that's going to inform everything that you see around you uh, as to what you think is important or valuable. And those things are going to stand out to you in a way that other things cannot because you've placed that at the top of your values. Whatever's at the top of your values is going to instruct and inform those things that are below it, right? And so having the highest good at the top of your values, the highest good for us as theists would be God, obviously, mm -hmm. right? So if God is at the top of the ladder, God is where I'm trying to go, then that's going to inform everything about not only the, the proximal small-scale stories that I'm participating in moment to moment, but also the grander scale of my, my entire life has purpose and meaning simply because there's something beyond my own fancy and my own subjective uh, experience of things that can inform me of that higher value to tell me this is a goal. No, you don't get to make it up as you go. And if you try, it won't work because you're finite and you don't know everything and you can't see everything. And so there has to be something beyond us that informs us of that end goal. And that, that end goal being God ends up being something where every step we take toward him ends up something that can have a power beyond just saying, oh, I've taken a step forward. It's, it's, it's that you've left the place you were, you've come to a new place, and in the new place, you find a new version of yourself, you know, and it's in, in, in Christian terms, that would be something like sanctification or transformation. And we're yeah. in, in, in the story that we're playing out, even moment to moment, we're trying to transform things. 
especially ourselves, because if you recognize that, like me, by myself, I'm insufficient. Mm -hmm. And so I need other people, but I also need the best version of myself. But I don't think I'm ever going to get there by myself. If I'm going to aim high, it has to be a community endeavor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be something that we do together. Um, right. And so, the, you know, coming, coming together with, with the two things that we have so far is the framework of a story. I'm here. I want to be there, right? The question is, why would you want to be there? That's informed by something that you place at the top of your values. Mm -hmm. And for the atheist, the thing that they place at the top of their values is completely arbitrary. And for the Christian, it's the opposite. It's anything but arbitrary. It's so centrally focused that it is, it's easy to define almost, you know? And so seeing that that's the thing that's at the top, that's the thing that's going to guide those, those parts of the story that jump out at me and shine forth and make themselves relevant to my goal. You know, it brings the statement that Jesus made. You've seen me, you've seen the father. It makes that statement a lot more powerful, a lot oh, yeah. more practical, even it, 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 it's sobering, right? Because here's mm -hmm. the thing. That's why Jesus came. We talked about this, you know, kind of last week and the week before about Jesus being the archetype, Jesus being the example of what we're supposed mm -hmm. to be. We're little Christ. And to see that connection, he literally came down, connected us to the Father, right? He's the connection. He's the mediator between heaven and earth. And so it just, again, that statement just popped into mind. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. I mean, like I said the other, it was a couple of weeks back on CSG, we should be able to see you've seen me, you've seen the Holy Spirit, right? Like, just think right. about how that would work. But I think that, you know, kind of getting back on the narrative structure, it's, we've and we've talked about this off, off air, Josh, about how people... This Christian or not Christian, atheist, Muslim, Hindu, it doesn't matter. We all recognize symbols, archetypes, and just settings within a scene, within the narrative, within a story. This is how, this is one way in which we all worldwide as a people, as the human race, could connect, could come together, is through story through narrative, right? Josh, do you want to hit on that a little bit more and kind of expound on where I'm going? We've had this conversation a lot, bro, and I think it would benefit our listeners to hear just exactly how we can connect through story. I think that the connection is, is almost exactly what I was laying out before, that if I'm going to aim at something higher than myself and I want to actually go anywhere in achieving it, I need to be able to have higher values than myself. And in order to achieve those things, since I'm not the best version of myself, I'm always going to need help. And so in, in just in general, even by default, yeah. to, to aim at a high order good is going to be a community endeavor. It always will be. And so aiming together, pointing our attention together at something common gives us a unity, right? And under that unity, we can perform mm. multiple functions toward the same goal and achieve more than we ever could have by ourselves. It and gives us something, something to work to. This is funny because you, you actually sparked in me uh, uh, the memory of a quote that I heard from uh, Maddie Montgomery, the, the, the vocalist from For, For Today, Today. Yeah. Uh, who's actually a, a preacher. He said, if you want to go fast, you can go alone. If you want to go far, you'll go together. And that's why we might feel like other people are holding us back or slowing us down, but that might just be a lesson in patience. <laughs> um, you know, there's, yep. there's something to be said about, um, you know, the, the, the kind of, you know, leave no man behind thing that you see in military cases. You know, it's like that kind of, of devotion and allegiance toward one another and toward the goal is something that can't be replaced by anything other than a real unity. Um, it's just, it, I don't think that you can get it anywhere else. Um, but what you said specifically about Christ saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, um, that that's a perfect segue actually into, um, the, the, the second thing that we were going to talk about, which is the, the idea of, uh, emanation from above to down below and emergence from the base level upward. Right. 
And what we mean by that is, is something similar to building blocks from the bottom up or having an enforcement of authority that comes from the top down. Uh, emergence is something where you take, uh, and we were talking about this last night, if you take two uh, hydrogen molecules and one oxygen molecule, um, or no, so sorry, one, one hydrogen molecule and two oxygen molecules, those, those molecules by themselves are just the elements that they are. But when you combine them, something mm -hmm. new occurs, something higher occurs, something with completely new properties is emerging, and we call it water, right? And, right. and H2O is the, 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 the chemical qualifier for what, what that is. But ultimately, when you look at um, the, the, the difference between two separate molecules, two separate kinds of molecules, and then the combination of them making something brand new, right? Yeah. It's the same thing as if I had an idea and Garrett had an idea, they were separate ideas, then we come together and collaborate those ideas, something new will emerge, something that couldn't have if we stayed isolated. And so it's just, it's also that incentive, you know, to, to, to be under unity and aim higher. Um, you know, it, like, heaven forbid, we think we're the best version of ourselves right now. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but but yeah, but before I before I go ahead and just talk everyone's ear off, Garrett, can you can you uh, go over a little bit of what we mean by uh, emergence and emanation and how those things actually play out in terms of participation in the story? Absolutely. Uh, so so geez, so I want to say a couple things. One, uh, the key word in in all of this is participation. So if we can leave one word for every single person to take away from this. I want them thinking about participation. Before mm -hmm. I talk about emergence and emanation, yeah. I want to talk really quickly, uh, Tyler, about the question you asked, Josh. I think it's very important to state that if you are unaware of the reality that you live in narrative structures, you are going to get hijacked by people with agenda who know and understand the power of narrative and mm -hmm. use it in our lives. We see this uh, predominant. We see a lot of this today every day. You see it on Narratives are coming at you through the TV. They're coming at you through your phone. They're coming at you through billboards. They're on the radio waves. Everyone is trying to share a story or mm. persuade you into a story. And if you're not familiar with this framework, if you're not familiar with the reality of it, you can get sucked into ideological narratives. It is, it is how we want to say it. And mm. I, I realize maybe there's some atheists in the world say, hey, look, you have an ideological narrative and you're trying to get people into it as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go because I think it's really important. But I wanted to state that up front that if you aren't familiar with narrative structures, they can be hijacked and leveraged against you as well. And these exist everywhere. A company is a group of people operating according to a narrative with a common goal and distributed cognition shared towards that common attention. Okay, so yeah, all of that exists at various levels, and that's one example of it. Uh, you know, a development plan in the professional world. I, I work in the business world. A development plan is literally mapping out where they are and where they're going and how you're going to get them there. And the power mm -hmm. of that from an applica the applicability and the power of doing that for someone is tremendous. Participation at that level will just transform them. So now we're going to come right back into the emanation. And I, and I love the idea of water because you have molecules that have these independent properties, nothing like what's in water, merged together, you get water. It's powerful, but this exists at every level. Tyler, when we were talking about this last night, we mentioned mm -hmm. the water thing. The first thing you said, like marriage, perfect. Marriage is a right. great example of emergent qualities and emergent consequences. When you are married to your wife, you know your wife. First of all, the relationship you share with your wife transforms both of you into new people over time. And the nature of that participation can have varying results, let's say. Um, but in the most ultimate demonstration of this, the Lord left us something very visible about this. Uh, you know, let's say water molecules. People didn't know about those for a while, right? But when two people come together and a baby emerges, a brand new human being, it is hard to argue against the topic. So – it exists at all of these levels, and the extent to which we participate is the extent to which we can see this transformation. Uh, we're going to come back to this with the image of God later, but I think, I think that's the core bulk of if we can talk about emergence, it's about participation. On yeah. the other side of this, we have uh, emanation. And so there's a lot of different ways to think about this. 
Um, but emanation would be something like the guiding principle that comes down and creates structure. And the guiding principle is a really good one. Uh, you know, it could be intelligence. You can think of it that way as well. But it's you could also think of it like a company. A CEO designates the mission of the company, and it's a very top-down thing. Mm-hmm, if okay. the CEO is overly top-down, he will crush the creativity of the company underneath because mm-hmm. he has to have it his way, right? So these two things intersect, and they want to intersect and participate together because together you get something like the ordinating principle bubbling, okay. uh, fluttering over the potential, and that's how you get the maximal transformation from that perspective, right? So you can imagine there's a blend for a company of the creativity and the people in the teams being allowed to create and you have an ordinating principle directing and creating the goal and the direction of that too much. You suppress creativity. If you let the, if you let the company just bubble up, it'll be chaos and that'll not end well as well. The balance is critical. And this is something like the narrow road. Everyone has seen a yin yang. That's exactly what this is trying to communicate is one side in the other. One is emanation, one is emergence. The secret is that narrow line right between. Right. Yeah. It sounds like whenever you get practical with emanation, it sounds like there's a lot of sanctification in that process, right? This is the process, like if Josh and I have been talking about, you know, he uses the term becoming a lot, right? You are becoming like God, like Jesus, as he is, we shall be as well, right? And so is that is that kind of what I'm hearing, uh, Garrett? Absolutely. It, it's every level of reality this can scale to. I mean, emanation, right, you can right. think about it like, to keep it, to keep it more uh, straightforward for the average person, right? You can think of, well, that's not straightforward for the average person, so I got to <laughs> think about that. Um, so something like the, on, the ionosphere and the stratosphere, all of these things are spheres within spheres in the earth. So the atmosphere has many right. layers. The reality is those layers, spheres within spheres, they pulsate. And it actually causes a frequency to come down onto the, the surface of the earth called the Schumann cavity resonance. This resonance is actually like an ordering principle for life. So emanation, it's a great example of emanation, right? Mm-hmm. And underneath the earth, you can think of as raw potential, <laughs> raw potential. And you have the ordinating mm-hmm. principle fluttering over the earth. Think about Genesis 1. It's a great example of the Holy Spirit fluttering over the void. So you have the ordinating principle fluttering over the potential, you get creation. And also you can think about it almost like uh, um, to, to, to kind of almost continue with the same idea is thinking about the way that the sun provides more than just light and heat. It also pre- pre- uh, presents it to us photons, which we don't get to use and receive, but plants can. And plants uh, uh, will use the thing that comes from above it and the thing that is below it, both, to to be like the meeting place of the soil and the sky. Like, that's how okay. plants grow. They're planted in the soil. They receive nutrients from below that support them and lift them up and elevate. And they point their face toward the sky where the sun is. And the sun gives them um, the, the, the thing that they use in order to appropriate all the stuff that they're receiving from below. It gives them that... that uh, the, the photons is what it's photosynthesis, right? But it's, it's the ability to use the light from the sun mm-hmm. in order to process those things that it's receiving from within, right? And it's almost like we receive from God something like the law, right? And from within ourselves, we have uh, uh, passions and desires that would love to be the guiding principle in our lives. Yeah. But we put those things in check and we appropriate them by the thing that we received from above, not the thing that we received from below, right? We can appropriate those things that are below by receiving from above. And it's almost the same way as he was talking about a company, right? Where uh, in in, in your example, Tyler, of marriage, right? Where you have, let's say the the scripture talks about um, the man being the head of the wife and Christ being the head of the man, right? And Mm -hmm. so from the top down, Christ is above, then the man, and then it trickles down to the woman, right? But if we try to think about it as something that only comes from the top down, what we'll have is a tyrannical enforcement that tries to make sure that it has only obedience, right? 
And if yeah. we don't have the true submission from the wife to the husband and from the husband to the Christ, this whole thing will get out of order. You need both. You need from the top down extending the thing that's above as an authority is looking down in a place of love and provision and and guidance. And the thing that's below is yielding to the guidance, receiving the provision and reciprocating the love, something like that. That's basically where the, the space in the middle is where love lives, you know, that, that puts um, and that's off. kind of one of those things where when we're when we're participating properly, w- both with our neighbors and with God, what uh-huh. we're doing is fulfilling the law of grace, like Paul said, by loving. That's what we're doing. It puts a whole new spin on the um, passage, love covers a multitude of sins. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And oh, yeah. To, to view it like that, I, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. So we've got about 15 minutes left, and, you know, I, Garrett, we've got to have you back on to, you know, dive even deeper into this, right? But I know Amen. you guys wanted to talk about the image of God and how all of this wraps into that. So, uh, Garrett, if you would like to begin uh, that, we can transition. I think there's there's a lot to say here. So I, I think I think I want to start right where we left off. Look, okay. first and foremost, as human beings, we are made in the image of God. And I believe every single human being is made in the image of God. I think if we if we take a step back and we just talk and we look at what we were just talking about, it's really important to realize that as the image of God, we are something like an embodied version of this top down and bottom up all at the same time. We are something yeah. like a microcosm of creation. We are the only being that God created to rightly inhabit both the physical world and the potential and the ordinate world from a intellect, from a top down, we can come and we can participate with this creation and transform it. We have that as part of our image because as the image of God in, in Genesis, not only are we to commune with him, but he gives us a command to go out and subdue. So we are here to co-rule and commune with the Lord. Yeah. And as such, it makes sense that we are made in a way to power that from that perspective. But the image of God is more than just what we have. It's uh, you in, in the conversation you guys had with Sherman, he talked about the image of God as a function. And I am very much a supporter of the function, not at the exclusion ask, of yeah. the other categories, but that mm-hmm. the other categories are in service to the function. They are to empower <laughs> The function, and that function is that purpose for every single human being is to commune with God and to co-rule creation forever with him. And that Amen. is a story that we can participate in. And that is a story that is largely missing from the world. And again, if, if you do not have a narrative, if you do not have where you're going, this can get hijacked and you can be used like a puppet from that perspective, but this is not how the Lord does it. He gives us this call. I read a quote a long time ago. I don't remember who it was from, but the quote was very, very simple. It said something like this image of God is our gift likeness of God, our calling. Hmm. And so Adam was made in the image of God, pure gift. And it says in Romans, I believe 11, that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. irrevocable. Yep. So here we have the image. And he's called to partnership and communion with God. Sadly, Adam steps the wrong way. He chooses disobedience, introduces death, introduces sin. So I think this is the beauty of what it means. Every single person was put here on this planet to commune with God. And in that communion with God, we are going to be transformed into his image. And no matter where we've been or what we've done, no matter where we are, God has made a way for it to be safe for us to come near to him so that we can participate with him through the, through Christ and his body covered by his blood. And we can participate with God, be transformed and co-rule creation with him forever. And that's a story that is desperately needed in the West today at a minimum. Absolutely. Because you see, I mean, thinking about all of this like this, I mean, it puts a whole new emphasis on sin. It puts a whole new emphasis on love. It actually makes you want to 
Like it motivates you to go out and actually obey. It's such a dirty word in today's society. Obedience. Oh, you're um oh man, it's slipping from me. Not antinomian. Legalistic. You're 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 legalistic if you think you should obey Christ. It's read first John, right? If we're not <laughs> obeying Christ, we have no testimony in ourselves that we're Christians. If we're living in sin, you cannot call yourself a Christian according to first John. And so it puts a whole new emphasis on obedience, on love, and on sin, on disobedience at the same time, because it is great. This is a powerful thing. Just look out into the world. Look at worldly people, right? You see them, they are encapsulated by sin. I mean, Mm -hmm. what Jesus said at the best, what fills the heart, it comes out of the mouth. You speak what your heart is full of. And just listen to your people at work. Listen to family members, how they talk, how they act, how they speak, right? This is what fills their heart. And we see so much sin, which is why we need the gospel. I agree 100% with you, Garrett. We need this story now more than ever, in my opinion, because the things are just getting worse. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my post mill friends. But I think things are getting worse, okay? And it, it's 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 very, it's very, uh, it it saddens me to be honest, because we are living in a time where people from all over the United States, right here, can get together and actually collab. Josh, like you were saying, how it's so important to participate to bring strengths that I don't have that you guys do to bring them together and formulate something new to become something that never would have been if that connection never would have happened right that that new thing yeah. couldn't have existed without that connection prior and so i hear what you guys are saying and and, and i i absolutely agree 100% i think that this is something that needs to be talked about more i think which is why garrett we need to have you back on for part 2 but maybe sherman too Yes, absolutely. We we definitely need Sherman. So, Josh, mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to kind of add? We've got about ten minutes left. We're winding down. Um, um, go ahead. In the, in the wind down process, what I want to do is yeah. emphasize the utility, like you just said. This is 100%. not only just an idea; it's also something like a tool, and it's really incredible to think about it that way, where it can actually not only inform, like, oh, this lofty idea of how I'm viewing the world and I'm just kind of analyzing things around me. Like, no, not not just that. Also understanding that you, you the individual, the listener right now, you have a purpose and you're surrounded by meaning. And even yeah. if you don't detect it immediately, you have a purpose and you're surrounded by meaning. And you're unique from all, among all creation in that you can not only detect the meaning, but you can participate in the purpose willfully. It's really a privilege, but it's also a great responsibility that's on top of that. And the danger of it is like Garrett said, and like you just said, we're encapsulated in sin, right? You could think of it this way. The image of God ultimately is our position and our privilege. It's our our calling to reflect God properly and be his ambassadors. That would be the right story to live in. And yet there are moments where we're not embodying that story properly. And what it looks like when you deviate from the proper story let's call the proper story, the will of God, his intention mm. for you on the earth. When you deviate from that, by definition, it's called sin. So sin is almost equivalent to living in a false story. Um, and, and it's like you're, you're embodying um, lawlessness, where it's like, like only, only emergence. There's no emanation. There's nothing above. There's only me. And it's, you know, and I can say just from my own experience that, it's in those moments that I've forgotten the past, and even more so, I forget the future. Those are the moments where I sin. I'm yeah. more likely to fall in sin when I've forgotten the future. Um, and so being able to apply what we're talking about now is something that, that, that I think will be invaluable to everyone. And that it, it actually is something that can scale down or scale up. And it doesn't matter where you're looking in, in terms of, of, of uh, how to apply it. You can apply it to you, the individual. You can apply it to a person-to-person relationship like marriage, brotherhood, friendship, enmity, any kind of thing, right? And then you can go beyond that. You can look at a family unit. 
or a small organization or our, our little uh, comradeship that we have here in this conversation. Uh, yeah. You can go beyond that to like a small community or a neighborhood. It behaves the same way. Um, you can look at something like a city uh, or a state. There's a guiding principle of those things also. And if we don't behave by it, we'll be living in a chaotic state. Um, and you can look at things like countries and the way that they can, let's say Russia and Ukraine are neighboring countries and they're living in a conflict right now. And you yeah. can think of it as like the, the guiding principle of Russia is at war with the guiding principle of Ukraine. And what it's doing is causing pain within the body of those two uh, unities. And the people in Ukraine are suffering, the individuals, yeah. but they're suffering in the same way the individual parts of my body would suffer if you stabbed me with a knife. Right. And so it's like the same kind of thing. It's a pattern, kind of like pond ripples. When you drop a stone in a pond and you see that one droplet in the center, that's the individual. But all of the, the rings that come out from there concentrically are a mirror image of every mm -hmm. other one, just on a larger scale. Bro, and think about it like this. I mean, very, very practical, right? The war in Ukraine and Russia, people say, had nothing to the United States, right? We are experiencing the effects of that. What's one example? Raising gas prices, four bucks a gallon. Never seen them. I've never seen them. Josh, I know you live in California, but I, in Indiana, have never seen $4 gas. That's a direct result of the war. And so it's the exact same thing. Break it down to the body of Christ. You, if you are, Christ, if you are in Christ, if your faith is in Christ, your sin affects me. It affects Garrett. It affects Josh. It affects the body of Christ worldwide, right? And so, again, we're just emphasizing this, right? I mean, it, talking about the narrative structure really brings—I'm really excited, if you guys can't tell. But it brings oh, yeah. a whole new light, and it makes me personally want to obey Christ. It makes me want to obey yeah. God so that— because why? Because as First John again says, because I love my brothers. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. And I don't want to hurt you guys. I don't want to hurt anyone. I want to help you. I want to build you up. I want to help you become what you were intended to be. And I think this is why it's so important to do that, because we're going to be judged for it. People say, well, why is God going to throw people in hell? It's because he gave you something, and you didn't do with it with what you were supposed to. That's part of it. He gave right. you that, and you did whatever you wanted to. You didn't respect it. You didn't be what you were supposed to be, and that's why you're going to be held accountable. I mean, one aspect of it. There's more to it than that, but that's one aspect to it. But, um, Garrett, I, sorry, I don't mean to keep rambling about it, but, it, I mean, this has brought, you know, this whole topic of Christianity, practical Christianity, right? It's brought it into light for me, guys, and I want to thank you both for, for talking for eight months about this. We've got a lot more to say on this subject um, oh, yeah. but, but I really appreciate you guys. I really thank you for opening my eyes again to the wonderful, uh, world of Christianity, but Garrett, I'll let you have the last closing words. We've got about five, uh, about four minutes left. Um, uh, four is there minutes. Anything? I could talk really fast, so I'm going to try and slow it down. <laughs> Fair okay. enough. Go ahead. Um, the, the practicality of this is, I, I want to try and take a moment to explain the practicality of this because I've never encountered, I've never encountered something so practical about the faith in my life. Okay. And I've, yeah. I've 10 years is not a long time to be walking with the Lord, but I'll tell you, I've never had anything more practical. Okay. So I want to use a quote. I heard recently a quote from someone who I respect very much. They said something like, Jesus wasn't just the man. He was the man, but he's also the narrative. He's also the narrative. And Jesus had a very particular life. It looked very specific. He set people free. He opened the eyes of the blind. He opened the ears. We have a calling on our life to be, we were born children of God. We are called to become in his likeness. Now we have, uh, we're born in enemy territory, so we don't do that at all. Uh, but he has made the way for us to do it again. And more than that, he meets us in those moments, in those narrative moments. Tyler, you were talking about obedience. If everyone thought of obedience, like the Lord is that story of me going to help that person, and he's there waiting for me to transform me in my participation in his life. This is about participation in the life of Christ. It's mm. about participation in the death of Christ, 
We do that at baptism. We do it for the rest of our life, walking yeah. out that road to serve him, to love his people, to love his imagers, to love his body. When we do this, when we participate with the stranger or with the body, we are participating in the life of Christ. And as he was raised from the dead, we will be raised from the dead. We will be transformed. We will be glorified. And I, and I, pray, I pray that's a reality for all of us. Every day. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Absolutely. Josh, closing Can I words. say one more thing yeah. as, a, as, a, as a closing thought? Because you just sparked something really heavy on my spirit just now, Garrett, where exactly what you just said is summed up in, in a quote from Christ himself. He said, when we serve the least of these, we are doing those things unto him. Mm. That's what we're doing and what we're purposed to do. God had intention when he made us. And again, to deviate from that intention is to sin. And so to conform to that intention is to be Christ in the earth. And when we're unified to the body of Christ, it's like, it's like the, like I was saying this to you earlier, Tyler, and this, I, I hope we have enough time to get through this. But basically, if you think about the body of Christ as an analogy to our own bodies, we're made of different small parts and the unity in my body is what I call me, not just my brain, but the person that I am. I'm the unifying spirit of this body. And if my spirit left this body, my body would begin to decompose and deteriorate and fragment. And the thing that keeps it in unity is the thing that all of my body is in obedience to, right? That's ultimately the same thing we should be doing in the church. We're all disparate pieces and parts, individuals, whatever, but in our unity, we can perform a function that is beyond ourselves that brings us up into something heavenly. That's what, that's what we're trying to participate with is the divine life of Christ in the earth. Now, as Sherman would say, it's like incarnation part two, right? Yes, his body is on the earth and we can participate. Yeah. With him. Amen. Amen. Garris Geitzema, Joshua Davidson, thank you all for joining us tonight. It has been amazing. I loved it. And we will be back next week with J.D. Martin on the topic of sin. You've been listening to the Complete Sinner's Guide. I've been your host, Tyler Fowler. Good night, y'all. Have a good one and stay like Christ. We'll see you next time.